This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, one and all. Welcome to episode 1990 of Love and Justice for All, the official podcast of Project Sanctus, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, including the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. I am Reverend Ogan Holder, co-hosting, co-founding with my partner in crime and consciousness and co-creation. That's a lot of co's. Uh, Reverend Kelly Isla, how are you feeling today, Reverend Kelly? Very special. Very special. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's been an interesting day so far, and I'm, I'm looking forward to today as always, but... This is yes. a good episode today. Yes. Um, you you listeners don't know this, but this is maybe like the 15th attempt at recording and working <laughs> through behind the scenes snafus and just all sorts of things. We we were pretty much close to calling it quits on recording this episode because it was like, listen, I don't I don't believe in signs, but <laughs> yeah. If I did, this would be a doozy. <laughs> if I did this. This would be this would be the universe saying y'all don't need to record this today, but I think I think we do. Um, uh, it's an important topic and um, a continuation from what we talked about last week. But before we jump into that, um, just off the top, thank you to all of you who are always listening and sharing the podcast with your friends. We are broadcast into much of the United States, over 24 countries around the world, like India and Singapore and the UK and Morocco and Portugal. We've got listeners all over the place. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Um, and if you want to join in on the conversation, and by that, I mean, like, you know, tell us what you want us to talk about or leave some comments or some criticisms. We will take it all. You can hit us up on Facebook where we live stream this when we do record it. And usually Tuesdays and Thursday, Thursday, Tuesdays and Fridays, sorry, around 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're off our schedule a little bit today. Or you can at any time on Instagram as well. Our handle is at get our holy on. And if you want to leave a voicemail, we have a phone number, 413-GET-HOLY. That's 413-438-4659. What do we got coming up on today's episode, Kelly? Today's episode is called, I Touched Myself So Much. Yeah, and, we do. Um, yes, we do. We started last week, we talked about touch, like physically touching ourselves and the healing power in just touch, like being connected to our body and, and um you know, putting our hands on ourselves in, you know, different ways for healing. And and today we're moving into um, masturbation because May is uh, International Masturbation Month. 
Yeah. So it's we're talking about it in terms of um, uh, it, it's interesting. People wouldn't normally think, what does masturbation have to do with racial equity? And we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about that. And, yes. Yeah. But as a healing um, and around somatics and healing trauma and, you know, connecting to the body, like. Uh, yeah. And liberation and, yes. and, and uh, pleasure. And- removing shame decolonizing deconstructing all all the all the things sex sex in general um you know really invites us into that conversation and um masturbation is a sexual experience so mm-hmm. yeah yep um but before we jump into that just a couple things to remind our listeners is that uh our affinity groups are on the first and third wednesdays of each month the first Wednesday of the month, 7.30 to 9 Eastern, U.S. Eastern time, um, is really a communal group. Um, and, and these groups are open to everybody. You just have to register on the website at projectsanctus.com. So first Wednesday is communal. On the third Wednesday is when we have separate true affinity groups. So Ogan helps facilitate the uh, bodies of color, bodies of culture, BIPOC. There's, there's different words you can use. Um, for that. And then I facilitate for the white body uh, group. And that's really, the affinity groups is really where the heart of um, healing is. It's really where the heart of, when you ask the question, but what can I do? Get your butt into an affinity group and learn, you know, learn your own internal dialogue, learn your own internal um, racist thoughts and, and ways you express uh, you know, privilege um, unconsciously. So um, that's, that's a, I'm always a pushing the get your butt into an affinity group. And the other thing I just want to mention is that you can support our podcast and all the work we do um, with donations by visiting projectsanctus.com and click on the donate button. It's uh, Ogan and I are the interns and the CEOs and <laughs> the administrative assistants and the middle management and COO. Um, so projectsanctus.com, click the donate button. Um, uh, so to circle back real quick to the affinity groups, um, the, the so the next one coming up, you mentioned where we have the two separate groups is on mm-hmm. May 17th. So depending on when you're listening to this, like you can, you can mark your calendar, May 17th, 7.30 p.m. And our last discussion, we did start to broach this topic around touch, both self-touch, we veered a little bit into sexual touch as well. But what was fascinating from that discussion is uh, the takeaway beyond all of that was a lot of the messaging that people were still carrying about not just touch, but how they showed up in the world, especially, um, I would say, the older of our participants, right? About uh, you know, there were discussions around, I feel like I am too old to dress the way I really want to dress and things like mm-hmm. that. So it was really fascinating to, 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 to have that discussion around how, how can we deconstruct some of that messaging? How can we shift that messaging? Because anytime we are in a place where we feel we are too whatever, fill in the blank, to be our true, real, authentic self, then we are we are oppressed. Um, it's not just self-oppression, yeah. but it's an impression, it's an oppression that we are taking on because of whatever uh, you know, official and unofficial cultural norms 
that are out there that telling us we can't do a thing because of, you know, our age or size, orientation or yeah. identification, wh- whatever. And we internalize this stuff a lot. Um, and, and one of those, one of those things is what we're talking about today. Um, not, uh, sex broadly, but more specifically, uh, masturbation, self-love. Our episode is titled, I touch myself so much. And we, we were, when we were talking about coming up with a, title i was like i suggested i suggested this and i said this is an inside joke that maybe 20 unity people are gonna get because there's a there there was for a while a very very popular like uh song in you thought communities in uni communities um called i love myself so much um and it's a it's a song that's really about community gathering and realizing that we can only love another person to the extent which we love ourselves so, um, you know, me, me still deep down inside as a 12 year old, when I used to sing this song, you know, I, 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 I change up the words a little bit and, and hence the, I touch myself so much. Cause that's, I mean, I mean, I, I, I claim who I am. I claim who I am. Well, you have to I add t- the second line though. T- I love myself so much. Do we have to. Why? So, so the, so the so whole song is, I, I love, love you, you so, so much. much. Right. Um, and so, so to fully substitute the lyrics, I touch myself so much so that I can touch you so much with consent. With you, consent. Have to, you, have, you have to throw, you have to throw it with consent, uh, as well. So we ruined that song for you forever and, and full of, full apologies uh, to, 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 every, to everyone. You can apologize. I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, so I guess So let's start I, with how did how did this get to be International Masturbation Month? Um like, there, who thinks that up? There there is that. So so actually it was started, it was started uh by a sex positive retailer called uh Good Vibrations. They they sell sex toys of erotic products out of San Francisco. Um and they declared uh, initially May 9th, 1995 was the first national masturbation day. And um, from that, I think they eventually expanded to um, masturbation week. And then folks were like, well, I mean, we're kind of doing this every day. So we might as well just like give it the whole month. So eventually it became International Masturbation Month. Um, as as its popularity, um, I guess expanded, and and yeah. and and part of it, um, part of it is around destigmatizing the conversation around masturbation. Now, it doesn't mean that we, you know, have to go and talk about our masturbatory practices, you know, at dinner or to the stranger on the bus. Like that's not what we're saying. But what we're right. saying is really again, if we if we think about where where do we sit on the on the shame slash embarrassment spectrum when it comes to this topic and the act itself, um, not just talking about it with other people, but about us doing it ourselves. Where where do we lie on that spectrum? And and that's as we talk today. We want to invite you to to listen, uh, to check in with yourselves, and notice 
where you are more comfortable, where you are more embarrassed, where you don't want to hear what we have to say, <laughs> where you where you're like, you know, oh, this is this is this is not great. Um, you know, just just notice because those are those are the points where um that's where like the healing, the self, what do you call it, the deconstruction work needs to happen. Um, well, so even yeah. even not just your discomfort as we move forward, but even so far, <laughs> like in our first few minutes here, you know, at what point did you notice, um, you know, maybe feeling a little embarrassed or, you know, just the like, and I don't even mean necessarily shock, but you know, maybe somebody does feel shock, but just where, where did so far, where noticing in your body and your thoughts where you had a little bit, oh, like, can we talk about that? You know, um, and, and, you know, wait, this is going out to the world. And, you know, how, how you just don't often find yourself in conversations about masturbation. Yes. Um, so real quickly, we'll start with the basics. I think everybody knows what masturbation is, but just in case you want to know how we're defining it. Um, it is basically, um, touching yourself in a way that stimulates you sexually it may or may not lead to orgasm orgasm doesn't need to be the point of masturbation which is a you know something we'll i guess get to more uh later because uh the, just the whole what is what is the point and goal of sexual contact and connection with yourself and others um that that needs a conversation as well, because for many, the narrative around it needs to end in orgasm is a very male centric idea, um, mm. a very patriarchal idea, and it doesn't. Um, so let's just start there uh, with that conversation. Um, so is masturbation? Well, sorry, go ahead. Well, also that it's, um, I think we're going to circle back to that. Yes. The, you know, climax doesn't necessarily, you know, mean part of, it's not necessarily, does there need to be that end goal? It's it's I not guess. the metric of success for Thank you. That's good, a good sexual experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also want to, um, for me, it's as someone who is, you know, carries PTSD around sexual trauma and body trauma, um, that it's really also um, um, really recognizing, you know, the, the practice of masturbation is really uh, a practice to, um, to, to really re regain that autonomy, right? And regain that sovereignty over your own body and the ownership and, and self-determination and um, just you know, that this is me and my body and it's good. And it's, um, you know, that bodily, it's, it's called bodily integrity, right? And that um, you don't get to intrude on it. Nobody else gets to decide, you know, how anything about my body. And that includes, um, you know, masturbation and, and that, wait a minute, why, what is it? What's the message I'm carrying that says I shouldn't be doing this with my body? Uh, and that's a knowing that that thought comes from somewhere else is a as a point of healing that it's not that I'm getting rid of that sovereignty right, right. and my own ownership by 
by continuing to perpetuate the idea of why I, it's not okay to touch your body or um, I'll touch my body, but I'm not going to tell anybody, you know, the secrecy and the shame. So, so this is a, this is actually a good point to like for listeners to do a check-in around, you know, can you, what, what is the messaging that you received and, or you still believe about masturbation and touching yourself in a sexual way. So I, I remember growing up in a very traditional slash evangelical Christian environment and was being taught that this was not okay because all it did was fan the flames of sexual lust and therefore will likely lead to me committing fornication, sex outside of marriage, which was a big sin, a big no-no. And um, so therefore I grew up with the messaging of it is, it is wrong. Um, it is even, it is even wrong to have a lustful thought, right? There's that verse in the Bible that if a man covets his neighbor's wife or something like that, you know, breaking one of the commandments. So, so that, that messaging had run so deep in me that even for years after I'd left that religion, years after being married, like there was years after masturbating for years, there was still that tape running in the back of my mind, like, like real deep down. And it was, and, and the experience was, I would say for quite some time, never a hundred percent pleasurable for me because of that. Well, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I'm not sure I know any religion, faith, tradition, whatever synonym you want to use that actually has built into it the the tenets or the beliefs of um or the connection to the sex positive movement (laughs) i don't think there's no and and it's it's interesting because i think if we if if let's say you and i started one uh they would call it a cult probably um Mm -hmm. and because of the way sexual abuse has happened in religious spaces yeah. You know, there's that as well. And perhaps the reason sexual abuse has happened to the extent it has in religious spaces is because uh, it's been the, the just the general idea of connection around sex and even self-pleasure has been suppressed, has been marked as sinful. Um, right. And the only and the only allowance of it for most uh, religions has been in the very narrow context of marriage. And again, in most places, it's been marriage between a man and a woman as identified at birth. It's like, it's like, we are at a time where I have to say that now. And I'm saying, yes. Yes. Um, Yes. So there's that. You know, and even, and even, but even within that construct, you know, a marriage is a man and a woman, and that's the only person you, you know, have sex with or any kind of sexual activity. But even that, in that box, doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily equate to sex positivity. No, it Um, it, it's not not always safe, and it's not always consensual. No, it's no, it is not. And and and, to, and I'm pretty sure there's not it's not OK to masturbate in front of each other. I, I was just about to, or not in front of each other. I was about to say there's there's or, still there's still stigma around. Um, I have a sexual partner, whether marriage or not. And should I be masturbating? And if I am, does that mean there's something wrong in my relationship? 
Um, right. Short answer is absolutely <clears throat> not. Masturbation is actually good for your sexual relationship. Like studies have been done. It can actually increase your libido. Um, it can actually sometimes in men um, allow them to last longer before orgasm. In fact, there was a 2015 study in, um, done with married women and those who masturbated reported experiencing more orgasms, higher self-esteem, increased sexual desire, and greater satisfaction with their marriage and sex life. So it's helpful, not hurtful. Yeah. Um, and to your point, part of um, uh, masturbate, masturbating with a partner, in front of a partner, with a partner, whether it is uh, your, it is there the two of you or however many of you are um pleasuring yourselves next to each other or or pleasuring each other without uh so mutual masturbation like all of these are very healthy erotic sexual forms of play but again uh the question becomes how many of us feel comfortable having these discussions with our partner have had them with our partner um, have requested them from our partner and even feel comfortable pledging ourselves in front of our partners yeah well um i i think most women i know well i shouldn't say that now anyway for most of my life the answer to that would be i don't know anybody that i know a few people who would be comfortable with that and um I don't know. I think maybe if, you know, there's so many, <clears throat> believe it or not, there's a, as you were rattling off the benefits, there's a lot of health benefits. So, so uh, before you jump into those, what I want to say is, unfortunately, as the Me Too movement has taught us, too many men are way too comfortable have been doing that in front of people who were not their partners or, true. or who didn't give yeah. consent for it to happen. Yes, it's, it's yeah. not funny, but that's that's the case, right? Um, yeah. So, so we we do need to underscore, and we will un underscore this uh, throughout the entire episode. Consent is king, please. Yeah, it really, really is. Even yeah. um, to your point about in marriage arrangements or or um, um, relationships, there's a lot of consent assumed, and there's right. also uh, a lot of energy around. Um, I I. I, I can't give uh, or I can't I can't remove consent from my partner, if that makes sense. I, I, I can't say no. I don't have a right to say no. Um, I shouldn't say no. Um, there's, a, again, a lot of patriarchy involved in that. Uh, later on, uh, I I do when we I want to talk about specifically masturbation and consent as it relates to men and, and male identifying individuals, because uh, it's a it's a it's a slightly slightly different more nuanced sort of situation i think maybe but yeah um i'll get to that eventually all right so you were going to go with some health some more well, health I was, benefits yeah well I just, especially for okay so um for the women uh that i don't know if there's i think there there might be a little more shame around this topic for women um but than men but that's a guess you can correct me um add to that or, or correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, um, it helps with pain. It actually helps dull pain, any kind of pain. 
um, certainly period cramps, um, but it, it, it makes the pelvic floor stronger. Now this wouldn't, you know, this is really for women, but as you age the pelvic floor, which is, you know, the vagina, the uterus, the bladder, the bowels, there's this, this support that is the pelvic floor and masturbation actually makes the pelvic floor stronger. You know, there's always running jokes about, you know, with women that, uh, you know, as the older you get, when you laugh and your bladder leaks, like that's part of the stronger your pelvic floor, the less of that, um, you know, you can be experiencing. There's, um, you know, it, it actually helps your skin. So I'm going after the women, you know, if you want to, you know, concerned about your skin, go masturbate. You want to sleep more? masturbation you know feeling more energized it's um as a just, as as a man so for all those benefits have been working for me too so yeah, right not to speak um, for all men but my skin looks great great right <laughs> you know i almost okay maybe i shouldn't be joking about this but uh, you know you almost want to approach a friend and go your skin's looking great have you been masturbating you know, you know <laughs> it it is the much I, I think if there's any time of the year you can ask that question, it is this month, you know, just start like, hey, oh, there you go. May, yep. May's International Masturbation Month. Are you doing your part? You know, right. Like, Are you contributing to the health and well-being of? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's just, you know, I mean, even though we're kind of joking a little bit, mm-hmm. there really is, though, this, you know, and, and connecting this to. So what does this have to do with? You know, our podcast is embodied anti-racism. Oh, let me let me let me jump in real quick. Um, yeah. Add one more health benefit that is male specific. Uh, yes. There have been studies that have been shown regular ejaculation may lower the risk of prostate cancer in men. Wow. Doctors don't know why. Um, there they are. There's no uh, not yet evidence to distinguish between. Um, you know, partnered sex and solo sex. Um, if those um, orgasms, um, if there's a difference between the two, but research is showing that there's a there's a strong link. Um, so, um, so for all you who are listening with the prostate and you want to help contribute to keeping that prostate cancer away, you know what to do. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. It's a, um, not it's, that I would have a, a reason to learn that, but um, that's a big deal. It, it is a it is a huge deal. It's a, it, it is a huge deal. Um, as and the prostate cancer is 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 prevalent in men, and mm. and the fact that you know we could maybe keep it at bay with a pleasurable activity, I think it's a win win for everyone involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, go ahead. sorry. Didn't oh, so, yeah, no, no. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I know uh, that three men right now that come to mind that are are um, being treated for prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, which, you know, of course, makes me sad. And um, it, I just wouldn't have imagined. Um, so anyway, I. Uh, I was thinking about what does this have to do? Like, why are we talking about masturbation? And yet the opening to our show is embodied anti-racism. Yeah. Um, you know, and okay. And what do these have to do with each other? Well, so connecting a few dots, if you haven't already, is that embodied anti-racism, the first word embodied, you know, being in your body. So masturbation is a, um, you know, it, it, one of the health benefits is getting to know your body 
better, right? Being connected to your body. Um, all of those things that I mentioned, all of those, you know, the benefits of, um, um, of the skin, of the pelvic floor, of, you know, feeling more energized, improving your sleep, all of those are things that improve your physical well-being, right? Which means that I'm, that when I am faced with a challenge, when I am faced with, um, you know, any kind of sense of oppression or, or I'm noticing my own supremacy playing out and I'm in this challenge or conflict or difficulty around race, I'm, I, the practice of embodied anti-racism is connecting to the body. And so there's a lot of different ways we can connect to the body and um, it, it, lots of different physical practices. And so this is, you know, in our, in our desire to take it, to decolonize it, right? And deconstruct uh, sexuality the way we've been living in it in, you know, patriarchally. Is that a word? Can you say that? Patriarchally? We're saying um, it now. Yeah, it's a word now. Uh, but, but, you know, how sex has been defined through that white male lens and, and getting it out of that yeah. and as a practice of, you know, you were joking about the song at the beginning, but, you know, it's, I love, I love my body so much and you don't even have to go to love, just do like, yeah, right. I, I like my body and how can I, um, yes, there's these, all of these benefits. And, and if I'm engaging and, and I get to have these benefits from masturbation, that I'm happier, that I'm more grounded, that I'm, you know, more clear-minded, I sleep better. Um, I, my stress is relieved. I, I'm happier. I'm, I'm more interested in just connecting with humanity. How does that not support us in what we say, love, justice, and liberation? Exactly. Um, and, and to reiterate a lot of that um, injustice and lack of love and oppression is all internalized um, as, as yeah. well, you know? Um, and part of the messaging, um, is that sex and pleasure, um, only, only a certain group of people deserve sex and pleasure, right? right. Only a certain group of people, the, the, the elderly, no, they've, they're past their prime. We don't, we don't need to, we don't need to focus on their pleasure. In fact, ooh, grandparents having sex, ooh, right? There's all of that in your head. Um, uh, the disabled, right? Um, we don't, we don't have a lot of messaging around Yes, those who are disabled, whether physically, intellectually, mentally, they we we don't think of them as beings who experience and deserve pleasure um, as well. Um, uh, so so yeah, so those are just some examples of of how we have this idea that um, young young fit and healthy people. <laughs> are the ones who are who are having sex and what's interesting is is that recently a lot of again surveys have showed that um, in the US at least less and less people and less and less younger people are having sexual intercourse sexual connections uh, with each other and it's it to an to its extreme it can lead to um, some very healthy, unhealthy, sorry, some very unhealthy thinking, beliefs, and philosophy. And I'm thinking of the incel movement. 
Um, if you don't know what the incel movement is, look it up. Um, it's um, a group of men who refer to themselves as involuntary, involuntarily celibate. Basically, they um, are not having um, relationship and sexual connections. These are predominantly straight men, I believe, um, with women and are blaming women for it. And there's a very uh, sexist, misogynistic uh, bent to this, um, to the point where there's very harmful and dangerous, violent rhetoric directed towards women um, by these men. So it, it, and interestingly enough, part of their philosophy is not to masturbate, not to engage in self-pleasure uh, because it, quote unquote, saps their vital energy, which again, studies have shown the opposite is true. So, um, so yeah, and, and there's a huge overlap between the incels and um, those affiliated with white supremacy and neo-Nazi movements and stuff like that. So, yeah. Wow. I, I, I had heard of it. I know a little bit, but didn't, um, didn't go very far down that road. So now I need to do more research, but I want to, um, I want to come back to, you mentioned, um, pornography. Um, I did. You, you said something. I thought you did, or maybe I was just dreaming about it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought was, you said porn somewhere. Was, in maybe, maybe you did. Uh, I was going to bring it up eventually. Um, I feel like, you know, honest, let's, let's talk a little bit about it, but I feel like, you know, porn and sex work like deserves its own episode actually. Cause, cause yes. that's a, that's a huge topic. Maybe we'll do that week after next. Cause we've got some guests lined up for next week. Um, but go ahead with what you're saying. Well, I just, um, you know, as we're having this talking about this and, and um, you know, masturbation and, you know, the, from a cognitive perspective and, and its health benefits and, uh, and physically, like biologically, the, the benefits to the body and the mind um, and, and our spirituality. Like, notice what your religious or spiritual communities, you know, as far back as you can remember, have told you about, you know, masturbation. You brought it up earlier. But where I was going when I, I really swear I thought I heard you say porn was that um, there's also this part of that thinking is that you'll get addicted to to masturbation. Right. And um, and so the question is, is, I mean, I have my own answer about it, but I think part of that um, colonized thinking is that, oh, if you do that, like that old, really old thing, uh, I don't even know if it was a joke or not, but a belief that, you know, men would grow hair on the palm of their hand. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or or it, it, you'll go blind. Or you'll go blind. Yes, there was there was um, there was there was that one. Um, but so built into that patriarchal and and, you know, colonizing thinking is that um, you'll become addicted to it. And so yeah. I just I wanted to just touch on that because I think it actually is a could be a real thing. Well, like um, any like anything else, like anything else that is pleasurable, if it interrupts with your, you know, just like your healthy daily living um, and being in the world, yes, that's that's a cause for concern. So whether it's masturbation, uh, video games, uh, you know, mm. uh, you know, binging binging shows on Netflix, anything that causes you to like, you know, miss work or school or or um, 
you know, not choose to hang out with real people in the real world, like friends or families, or you don't go to social events, or you don't pay your bills on time, any, anything, any activity that allows you to, or, or limits your functioning in the real world in a healthy way, yes, is an, is an issue. So it's not so much the thing itself, um, I guess, but uh, what is what is it that is causing you to get get stuck in this activity and not be facing all the other things in the real world? What is it providing that um, you feel the need to not engage with with the real world? But but yes, there's sometimes there's that question like how much masturbation is too much masturbation? Um, there's no there there is no too much unless it um, and again, no doctor. So you might want to check in with your doctor or psychologist, but right. un, un, it's not too much until it begins to inhibit healthy life participation and activities. So, you know, once a month, once a week, once a day, three times a day, as long as you can still function in life, there's no, there's no too much or, or too little. Um, for that matter, they might be too little once a year, way too little. Right. right. Well, and, and I would say the, the too little is if you think about, you know, wanting to do this and mm -hmm. you decide not to, why are you deciding? Is it because right. you have somewhere else to be or, or if you stay with that thought long enough, is there an unconscious message that you're just carrying forward from, you know, whenever you were taught that, you know, yeah. And let, me, <laughs> and let me backtrack on that a little bit, because because as I said it out loud, I it I realized it sort of felt a little bit judgmental there because um, here I am saying there's no wrong answer. But then I just like, here's a wrong answer. Uh, so sort of backtrack on that. It's again, it's never the quantity, but it's about why there's that quantity. Right. So. Mm -hmm. So am I, am, is, is my frequency attached to, what is the messaging attached to, to my frequency of masturbation or, or sex? Um, you know, if, as long as it's healthy messaging, then you're fine. But if it's like, I only masturbate once a month because I still have this internal messaging that there's something wrong and shameful about it, but like, you know, I, I can't help myself at some point in time. And then I feel really horrible about it afterwards. That's an issue, right? But if it's once a month and you feel perfectly fine, okay, and healthy, and, and you may be a person who is, um, who, who just does not have a great health, uh, a great, or uh, a large sex drive, um, yeah. or doesn't feel the need to engage in sexual activity, then you're fine, but, and, right. and you're okay with yourself. So, Again, as I say to folks a lot, it's not it's not necessarily the what, it's the messaging and the belief underneath the what, uh, guiding the right. what um, that you do. So, so well, yeah, and as long as the that the pleasure is life enriching. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. So one of, one of the things that that I wanted to make sure we also mentioned related to the you know how we were brought up and the messaging is the how do we end how do we end the generational cycle and messaging of mm. shame around sex and masturbation and we again we're living in a time where you know principles are being fired be, 
because they show students the Statue of David, right? We are living, we're living yeah. in these times where any, where they're passing a don't say gay bill law in Florida and limiting any discussions around, around healthy sexual expression. Um, and again, to be fair, this isn't entirely new. In fact, in 1994, uh, Bill Clinton fired um, oh, his yeah. Surgeon General, uh, Joyce and Elders, because she suggested that masturbation be part of the sex ed curriculum for students. Right. So, so this censoring conversation around sex and identity and activity is, is not a new one. But if, if we do decide like, hey, you know what, this is, this is a conversation for, for home, and we want to break this cycle of shame, then yes, um, we have to raise sexually liberated kids, which means um, having not just conversations with our children around healthy self-touch and sexual touch, but creating a culture um, and a home culture and home environment of permissiveness. Um, mm -hmm. and, and from early on, yes, it, not to shame a child by saying, don't touch yourself, that's wrong. But perhaps say, if you feel the need to do that, go to your room. Um, yeah. Not like in front of all the dinner guests, uh, right. you know, um, create, create, here's, here is, here's the, here are the appropriate places and times to do with it. Not this is inappropriate um, as well to encourage conversations, to ask questions, to, to lead the conversation with your children around this. And, and if you, and if you were a parent saying, um, I don't know what age to have this conversation, uh, a, the sooner, the better, because, because children, I can identify pleasurable touches. Uh, I mean, as early as what, one, two years old. Um, and there are plenty of books and resources out there about what conversations to have at what age, um, with, with children. Um, this is how we well, this it, is how we break break the cycle. So I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put up my daughter's business out there. <laughs> but right. um, when as when when we were raising her, this was this was the conversation we had with her to say, you know, place and time, not don't do this, but be in your right. room. Um, you know, here's how you can let us know it's not okay for us to walk into your room um, as well um, and. You can, you can, this is how you shift it. And, and, and then part of the, part of the shifting is understanding that you've got to heal your own yes. issues as the parent. <laughs> well, I, yes, like being, you know, inquire with your children about what makes them feel good, you know, mind, body, spirit, like all of it. And yes. um, if you're going to talk about it with your children, you know, and ask questions um, and be engaged and, and be willing to one laugh about it as well as offer up you know, I'm learning too. Like this was not how I was raised. Here's the things that I was taught about it that I don't want you to inherit. Right. That it's bad or it's, you know, the body is, you know, something to, you just wash it off in the shower kind of thing. Um, but, uh, and then when you talked about the age appropriate thing, it's not, it's, it's even starting with just the, the anatomy, right? yes. just the biology of the pieces you know, and, and the differences. And of course you, you learn how to do that at, at different ages and, and, and age appropriate. My, um, my, my favorite, my favorite story, uh, 
Joy, my daughter, she's um, 22 now. About She's graduating this weekend. Would you believe it? Joy is graduating oh from college. Wow, I remember when she this was weekend. so little. Uh, I remember she was in fourth grade. And by this time, we'd, we'd had, we'd had age-appropriate conversations around sex um, and sexual activity and safety and consent, all those oh, things, yes. right? Yes. Um, so fourth grade. And I remember she came home one day and said, you know, a friend in my class uh, said that uh, her parents told her that the stork was going to bring her baby brother in a couple of days. And Joy says, <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to tell her that's not how babies are made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was, it was a very, it was a very like proud parent moment for me right. to know not, like not only do I have this educated child, but she's compassionate in terms of like, and, and a self-aware enough to know, like, I don't, I don't need to rock this kid's world right now. Yeah. Um, but also me having the realization that I ended a generational thing, a, a generational like shame, or we don't talk about this, or, right. you know, this is a sinful thing like that, that ended with, with me, I'm still working through my issues. Uh, like, you know, because I am here comfortable talking about this. Um, and this is going to be interesting because sometimes my mother listens to these episodes. So <laughs> oh boy, when I get, when I get to Barbados, this is going to be right. I'm going to get some calls soon, <laughs> but uh, I, I am still working through these issues. The programming is very, very yeah. deep. And as comfortable as I am with my sex, with my sexuality, with having sex partnered, solo group, whatever, there's like still in the back of my mind, there is, there's like that cassette tape I'm dating myself, that tape running that still says, <laughs> you know, this is not okay. There's something wrong right. about this. Like I can't yeah. shut it off yet. Right. It's gone to the point where it doesn't prohibit me. Um, and I don't, I don't feel shame about it anymore. There's no shame, but I would really, there's still a little bit of struggle for permissiveness. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, for me, there's this pause, like, yes, uh, you know, um, and then just kind of quickly having to move through that MP3 you know, that is uh, playing. <laughs> How was that? That was pretty good, right? Don't you lie. Know, it's because that's for you too. Don't, I don't know who you're trying <laughs> you know, to fool right I now. Know. <laughs> I, I, uh, well, I was just, you know, thought I'd try it on. Um, but yes, there's that, that hesitation, that pause where I'm like, wait, what is that? And inquiring, which is an embodied practice. Yes. That's why, you know, we can't leave, you know, sex out of the conversation of embodied anti-racism. Yes. Right? We can't, uh, because there are also stereotypes Oh, out there, uh, yes, you know, about, you know, black women or black men and or white women and, you know, around yes. um, sexual the, practices. Yeah. The, you know, the fetishization of, of Asian yes. women um, as well. Yes. So there's a, I mean, there's just a lot of, so, so there's a lot of that just like unhealthy, like ethnic and racial stereotyping um, that, that affects that there's the there's the patriarchal uh, male gaze uh, mm -hmm. that, that exists as well, where, whereby for men consciously and unconsciously we believe that women's bodies are are ours to to possess, um, that we are entitled um, to to them, and it's 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 horrible, um, and and 
decolonizing that is a lot of hard, is a lot of hard work. Um, I remember yeah. being at an event, <laughs> being at an event recently, and I was, I was with a group of friends, uh, mixed company in terms of, in terms of gender. So male and female were in the group. And um, we were, it was kind of like a party atmosphere. And we, my friend saw me noticing another woman and mm. she's like, well, why don't you go talk to her? And I was like, you know what? I'm trying not to be that guy who notices a woman and feels like I have to go and make something happen. Right. Like mm. I have to like, unless I know I'm going up there just to have a nice general social conversation. Right. I, I know that right now there's, there's a sexual attraction piece going on here on my part. She ain't looking at me at all. <laughs> right. She's not noticing me. I'm noticing her. There's a sexual attraction. I know that if I go out over there to have a conversation, that's in the back of my mind. Also, this person's here to have a good time. She doesn't need me and or a bunch of other men coming up to be hitting on her all the time. Like this, you know, I'm trying not to be that guy. Now, um, that's that's why I spend a lot of time on dating apps. Because I right. know, because if someone's on a dating app, what they're saying is, I want you to approach me like yeah. romantically. Um, yeah. Let's see where it goes from there. But the average person, woman walking down the street, and I'm speaking to, you know, in the general stereotype of, of men, um, the average woman walking down the street does not need a bunch of men, uh, um, you know, looking her over, um, catcalling, hitting on her, like, let the woman go about her day, about her business. Um you can be friendly and talk to a woman on the bus. The conversation does not have to end with you asking her out. Uh, right. I mean, and I'm not saying not either. If the, if if there's if you are clear that there is some sort of connection happening, and be clear about it. Don't make it up in your head. That's that's right. a whole other thing, right? Um, just just have a conversation. See see men. See the women as simply another human being I can have a conversation with, not a potential sexual conquest. And many of us men listening are probably going like, I don't do that, but it is so unconscious and it is so subtle, you know? And, um, and one of the, one of the ways I realized this was happening was, um, you know, I would find myself, you know, again, talking to somebody out in the world and asking for either a phone number or a let's meet up again and feeling immensely rejected when that didn't happen. Again, so unconscious, right? Um, so so that's that's part of that's part of when we talk about you know decolonizing, especially for men, that internalized patriarchy, that's sort of what I am referring to. Can you can you practice just simply um, first not male gazing? Um, second of all, having a conversation with a woman as simply another human being, not a sexual object. And even if you do feel a sexual attraction um, in the moment, to not act from it, to not right. speak from it, to set the goal of like, regardless of how this conversation goes, I'm not going to ask her out. I'm not going to ask for a phone number. I'm not going to ask for a date um, and just let it 
be. And you're probably thinking, well, it might be a missed opportunity. Well, if it is, it is. And if she's really interested, she'll find you, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's that, or, you know, something I, I started doing is when I started to, to really do this decolonizing work, instead of asking for, for a phone number, perhaps offering mine. And if she said no, mm. she said no. Or if she said, okay, and never called. Okay. But not put in pressure on someone else to try and reciprocate a need or make something happen that's not there. Just have a connection, you know? So anyways, I kind of went off on a little bit of a rant there. <laughs> that's okay. Gotta, gotta, gotta talk to my men folk. Oh, while I'm talking to the man, I'm talking to the man. Uh, 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 a note, a uh, little side note here on men and masturbation, especially um, heterosexual men. There is, um, we, we, uh, I guess we can get a little bit different. We tend to think of masturbation, us men, as a pretty, um, I don't know, singular activity, um, mm. as opposed to like really exploring the bounds of this. Uh, so, for example, when I think of when I say sex toys, we generally imagine toys for women, vibrators, dildos, right. that sort of deal. Um, I want to encourage men to know that there are many masturbatory sex toys for men out there as well. Uh, sleeves, for example, uh, even vibrators that traditionally women may use are great uh, for men and self-pleasure as well. Um, I know uh, for sometimes a lot of men, there's still this embedded internalized homophobia around um, uh, if I am masturbating, no ass plays involved, no no yeah. touching or or insertion of anything uh, around the anus. And for, for some men, because again, that embodied homophobia, if I do this, does this mean I'm gay? The answer is no. Um, because, uh, you know, we mentioned the prostate early in terms of masturbation, helping avoid, uh, possibly help reducing prostate cancer, uh, you know, prostate stimulation during masturbation is, yeah, that'll blow your mind. If you've never done that, uh, I highly recommend. So again, your mother's really going to love this episode. Oh, oh my God. You have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea. I was just about to say, check in us listeners, how we feeling right now as I, uh, yes. as I talk, as I talk about these things, right? Again, it's only weird if you don't talk about it. Um, but, and I, what I may be saying, maybe just old news to a bunch of people, or it may be new news to some folks who are kind of like squirming with discomfort right now. If you are in the latter group, as in squirming with discomfort, for whatever reason, because of the topic or because you're like, oh, my God, ministers should not be talking about this. Or for whatever reason, anytime there's discomfort, there is an opportunity to examine our underlying beliefs mm -hmm. and then do some work, if we choose, around deconstructing those beliefs. Because yeah. those beliefs might be based on an effort to control and contain us. I think I mentioned before on this podcast, or maybe it was on pop theology. I don't remember. You know, we have these rules around decorum and etiquette, right? Yeah. Um, that when you really dig into them, those uh, rules around decorum and etiquette are tools that are meant to censor and suppress, uh, censor marginalized voices, suppress uh, suppress pleasure, um, and 
we really got to, and a lot of those are also very internalized, right? We set mm-hmm. up these rules around decorum and etiquette for ourselves when we are by ourselves. And I was going to say know. that makes no sense, but I get it. I used to have those as well, right? Yeah. Like, like not walk around the house naked when I'm home by myself. Like, yeah, I got over that one a long time ago. It wasn't a long, I'm very grateful. <laughs> It wasn't a long time ago for me, but but yes, I, I finally got there as well, uh, you know, and, and that's a whole other thing when you talk about acceptance of the body, right? Yeah. Nudity, just plain old nudity. Just plain old nudity, right, right. Right. Well, this, I, this you know, thing. there's the talking about the, the self-inquiry and noticing, you know, if you're uncomfortable right now or we've sort of pushed the edge of your comfort or you notice some embarrassment or shame or like, I can't do that or, you know, whatever. The the thing about when you were talking about, um, you know, masturbation and anything uh, 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 around the anus that, you know, for, no, you're not gay, like for men. In in woman's world, it's, that's not where the, the thinking goes. Uh, for many women, it's, it's around um, cleanliness or lack thereof, mm. um, or that's only, that's, that's outside the norm. Right. So it's, um, there's this box of, of what is norm for sexual activity. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, there's a yeah. specific way and certain pieces, parts that you, you know, touch or don't touch and in particular ways. And, um, anyway, it's so what it what all what that leads me to is if I'm doing some asking myself some questions, I think one of the biggest questions I ask myself is what in my body longs for radical permission, mm. not Ooh, just like permission, that. what in my body longs for radical permission, radical permission. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And that nothing, nothing is, nothing is out of bounds for, for me coming back to our, you know, um, touching my body and masturbation, there's really, there, the only boundaries are the ones that I put up, right? that I've been taught that I, that I maintain, um, and not even, you know, not even consciously. So what, what in my body longs for radical permission, you know, um, what am I running from, or what am I running toward? Um, you know, what's the source of that running? Yeah, just there's it, there's a multiple questions to you know to ask myself, but the permission one is a big deal, and and I believe and and what I'm about to say comes from uh, Adrian Marie Brown, who is pleasure activism, um, fabulous book, but she says uh, it became clear to me that if more people were encouraged to masturbate early and often, to learn what feels good to them, and that they have the right to communicate that that there would be less sexual trauma, assault, patriarchy, misogyny, and general awkwardness. Amen to that. Yeah. So I'd never thought of, um, you know, the practice of, of masturbation as a, an avenue toward less sexual trauma, less sexual assault, less patriarchy, less, well, I had thought the patriarchy, but less, mm-hmm. but less sexual trauma, less sexual assault, um, because the, yeah, I just hadn't really thought of it much that way. It's a lot. It's a in a good way. In a good way. It's yeah. It, it's a lot in terms of in terms of the both healthy and the healing potential of right. masturbation, self pleasure, um, and it's 
you know, it may not be an accident that again, there, there were rules, um, and, um, around, around decorum and etiquette that, that didn't allow for that again, right. because, because then, yes, there would be, there would be more space for patriarchy and misogyny and general awkwardness, uh, as, as well. So I remember at the end of last week, we kind of gave some homework in terms of folks basically taking time to just do more non-sexual self-touch and mm-hmm. seeing where you are with that. So I guess you can imagine where the homework's going today. <laughs> I I can't imagine. Tell me, Ogan. Um, oh, I thought you were going to pick it up. Uh, all right, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be oh, I'm happy to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. Um, so if you are not someone or rather if you are someone who does not have a regular self-pleasure practice, please consider starting one. Um, and this can, um, I mean, ease your way into it, but this can, this can look like a, a number of ways. And I would, I'm going to put this out there. If you are someone who is a spiritual seeker with a, with a consistent meditation practice, consider maybe replacing one of those meditation sessions with a masturbation session. Um, And if it's not something you're used to doing or haven't done for a very, very long time, be gentle with yourselves, literally and figuratively and emotionally and psychologically. Uh, Use lots of lube. Lube is our friend. Um, And if you don't have toys, you don't need toys, but toys are helpful. And to reiterate the thing I said before, um, orgasm is not the goal necessarily. If you get there, great. If you don't, it's okay. We got to sort of like decenter orgasms from the sexual experience um, as well. So, um, and if you really want to blow your minds like, um, there's there's the wonderful edge and experience of bringing your point to the edge, bringing yourself to the edge of orgasm and not falling over the edge and coming back down and starting again and stopping it there and um, just allowing yourself to revel in that um, experience. Um, you'd mentioned porn earlier when you thought I'd mentioned porn. Um, you do not need porn to masturbate. Uh, your imagination is probably better than any porn you can construct. But if you do need an aid, it doesn't need to be porn. They are actual audio mm-hmm. masturbatory aids. Um, so erotic, erotic um, guidance that you can get. There's there's apps with stories. There's plenty of free stuff on the internet um, that you can use. It's just auditory to help, you know, create that, um, you know, set aside some time for yourself, light some candles or fill the bathtub, like make it a true um relaxing full sensory experience not just centered on the genitalia but make it a whole body experience as well um so yeah between now and that, and, and, and that means for i mean men and women and i'm particularly pointing to women is don't forget the breasts <laughs> um there i think go. oftentimes that gets left off um and i and i this, I would say the same is true for men. It's just women yeah. 
um, uh, just tend to, there's some, there's often a tendency to just think of um, that, like, they're just kind of there, something to put in the bra. You know? um, and, and for men, we tend to neglect our nipples. Our nipples are also right. erogenous right. zones. As That's what I was saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, meant. yeah. They're not, they're not unfunctional. Our Correct. <laughs> yeah, nipples. Yeah. Yeah, the and the hashtag, thing that I, I hashtag free the nipple, by the way. Right. <laughs> That's a whole okay, movement. If you, don't, if you don't know what that movement is, look it up. Hashtag free the nipple. <laughs> I, I wanted to just come back. You mentioned the about being gentle, and I really want to really emphasize the being gentle piece. Um, as as you learn to, if it's not really something you're comfortable with, you know, touch touching the body, like we were talking about in our last podcast. And now we're talking about masturbation and, you know, the sexual, uh, the sensual and sexual nature of, of um, touching yourself, that you may find that if this is not a place of comfort for you, if as you're listening to us, you feel emotions coming up, that be gentle, because you may find yourself starting to cry. Mm. And you may find yourself starting to cry because you're bringing up trauma, you're bringing up woundedness, you're bringing up the idea and ideas and the way that you have been taught and treated that your body isn't really worth much, that it's just there to carry your head around. Um, And for, and I know this is true for a lot of women um, carrying a lot of trauma around the worthlessness of the body. So when not, you talk about only that, being sorry. gentle, when you talk about being gentle, I'm being really serious about it. Like go slowly with ease, with grace, with gentleness. And if emotions come up of pain, of sadness, of hurt, allow them to come up without taking your hands off your body. Mm. Yes. Thank you for that. And, and there's also a piece of worthiness and deservedness. Yes. Right. Do you do you believe that you deserve um, an optimal sexual experience, no matter your age, gender, um, ability, size, size um, race, ethnicity, all all the things, income, um, location? Like, do you truly believe that you deserve this experience or is it something that you have been told? consciously or unconsciously is not part of what you deserve. Um, and, and to do, do, like you said, that, that can be a very emotional uh, thing uh, for folks. Um, and um, next week, next week, we're actually gonna have um, a conversation around, I guess, non-traditional, non-normative uh, monogamous relationships, because there's, there's a piece of this, um, connected to that. Um, Mm. because the reality is we find ourselves in relationships with people that have different sex drives than we do. Um, and, um, sometimes how we supplement that is through our own self-pleasure. Sometimes how we supplement that is finding sexual connection outside of our primary relationship. Some people do that, um, ethically, some people do that unethically. I'm a big fan of ethically uh, communicating <laughs> with your partners. Um, so we're actually going to have uh, two lawyers on the show next week. Lawyers, white lawyers. Um, these are lawyers who actually um, belong. Oh, 
you know, should have had the name of the group up in front of it. Anyway, they they worked to uh, help secure legal protections for non-monogamous couples in areas uh, in the city of Somerville, which is a, a town outside of Boston, um, where they have uh, they recently passed some legal protections. Because again, we live in a country where, if you remember, before same-sex marriage became federally legal, uh, you know, lifelong same-sex partners did not have the same rights that heterosexual married partners did because marriage was not legal. So, you know, we live in a country where um, even though non-monogamy and polyamory is becoming less and less of a stigma, there are no legal protections. Um, You can't legally be married to more than one person. But if you have um, established long-time relationship with two or three people, and these are your life partners, can all of them have legal rights? Can your relationships have legal protections? Currently, the answer is mostly no. You can you can lose your job. You can lose a lot yeah. of things uh, because of it, which is why many folks in non-traditional monogamous heteronormative relationships keep it a secret. Um, and that's oppression. <laughs> and yeah. if we're talking and 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 injustice, so if we're talking about removing. Uh, if we're talking about creating a world of justice and equity and a world of liberation, that's an area that um, also needs to be paid attention to. So we can have some lawyers on to talk about uh, that uh, next week. So please do tune in to that um, as well. And as I mentioned earlier, maybe the week after that, we'll have a deep dive into porn and sex work because uh, that's a whole other uh, discussion as well. All right. Well, one of the, one of the, uh, so you mentioned two lawyers. So one of the organizations is uh, the Chosen Family Law Center. Ah, that's right. You can look them up. So yeah, I love the name of that Chosen Family um, Law Center. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. And uh, it is the, uh, wait, lawyers? What do lawyers have? So it is, it is very much about, um, the not the usual suspects in terms of family and relationship and what constitutes a family yes all righty anything we didn't cover anything we didn't touch on ah see what i did there oh good excellent yeah i'm sure there's a lot of things we didn't touch on um Oh my goodness. We did, we did, we did cover a lot today. And I'm we sure did. for a lot of our listeners, um, this, this is, uh, you know, here, here's what I've found though, in, in my experience, since I've really started having conversations and talking about these topics is that more people are than not are grateful that we're having them. I yes. get a lot of feedback from people who are like, yes. finally, somebody's talking about these things out yes. loud because it's like how do we reconcile our spiritual beliefs and practices with these like just everyday human things that yep. we don't we don't we don't talk about um so we didn't we didn't make a whole lot of connection to i guess spirituality other than i would say any any you know anything that keeps us in a cycle of shame or oppression or guilt in inhibits our full spiritual expression um, yep. as, as well. So one can argue, I think convincingly, masturbation is a spiritual practice. There you go. Absolutely. So what is the radical permission? Oftentimes it's the spiritual and religious 
sort of box that that keeps us from giving ourselves radical permission. Yes. So please this week have a good time of meditating and masturbating. Um, <laughs> That's it's a masturbation is how you get your holy on sometimes. There you go. There you go. All right. So I think that's bringing us to the end of the episode. As always, thank you for listening. And please visit projectsanctus.com to see all what we've got going on and also to support the podcast by making a donation. Um, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on their all their favorite podcast platforms. Please subscribe and rate us whether stars or hearts. And if you're willing to go the extra edge, write a little review because that helps push us up in the rankings um, in terms of being found when folks are searching for topics. Um, if you still know, know those folks who don't know what a podcast is, they can listen to us on the old school internets at withloveandjusticeforall.podbean.com. So until we meet again. Let's get our holy on. 